0: Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from self-doubt, limiting beliefs and disempowering patterns and break through to create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. The show features interviews with entrepreneurs who've overcome amazing challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share insight and practical information to help you move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. So you, the introverted, mission-driven entrepreneur, consistently reaches your biggest goals. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll share the show with others. Be sure to visit winnieanderson.com slash launch lab, all one word, to get the show notes and worksheet for this episode. If you feel as though you've worked hard to get your coaching, consulting, or other expertise-centered business off the ground, but you found yourself nowhere near the success level you've dreamed of, Or if you're starting to feel that entrepreneurial itch and you dream of going out on your own and making a big impact and big income, but you're wondering if you've got what it takes to create the success that you dream of and deserve, then you'll be glad you tuned into this episode. Deb Bullinger is a success mentor for women leaders who want the courage and confidence to make bold moves in their life and career. She is also founder of the Launch Lab for Women Entrepreneurs, a 12-week virtual accelerator for women making the leap from corporate leader to successful entrepreneur. Deb spent the majority of her corporate career with Gartner Incorporated, where she was responsible for developing the concepts of several of the company's key products, In her last position, she launched and grew a new service offering to, get this, $32 million in just two years. She's passionate about translating the exact principles that work in the corporate world to entrepreneurs who are launching their businesses. Deb is based in Sag Harbor, New York, where she shares her love of the ocean with her life partner and her son, who is a junior at the University of Michigan. Go blue. Remember, my guests and I aren't giving you specific business advice. This information we're sharing is for educational and entertainment purposes only. If you need help, be sure to seek out a trained professional, whether it's a professional financial advisor, tax professional, or healthcare provider. So listen in as Deb and I discuss what drives us to start our businesses and how we end up with the opposite of what we wanted, the amount of money she thinks you should reasonably expect to invest in launching and growing your business, the common mistakes corporate escapees make with the money they invest and where you should be investing it, why your reputation isn't enough to launch your business, and the two things you need to focus on. She also shares the two biggest mistakes she sees people make. I'll bet you've made or are making at least one of them. She also shares what you need to stop hiding behind and spending money on, and the 10K investment she herself made early on that's still paying dividends, as well as why you need a coach and a community to make the advances you dream of. As always, listen all the way to the end where I'll share your cocktail exercise and action step for this episode. Deb, I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks so much for, for taking time out of your day.
1: Thank you so much, Winnie. I've been looking forward to this.
0: Me too. So let's dive in. We've got lots of, of similarities, so we'll be amening each other probably through the entire conversation. You know, folks, as you well know, start their businesses for a variety of reasons, and especially women, right? And I think that it's only in the after the we've launched we go oh crap this is not the way it's supposed to go right this is not, i don't see rainbows and unicorns and and all of that and one of the things that, that i now laugh and laugh about is this issue that we start this business i don't know what ails us we start this business thinking i want more control and i want more balance in my life right right what in the world so I, I don't know about you but i work for the meanest boss in the world i put in way more hours than i been if it's even possible than i did when i work uh, and there's an old bad joke about what's the definition of an entrepreneur somebody who'll work 80 hours for themselves because they won't work 40 for somebody else so let's talk a little bit about this concept that we start out with i want more balance
1: Right. So I want more balance in my life. I want more control. I want to have an impact. And I'm sure everyone who's listening to this is very smart, very talented, very accomplished at what they do. But what you don't realize is that as soon as you make that leap, you're not only your service provider, you are business development, your marketing, your uh, HR, <laughs> your finance, and you're wearing a lot of different hats. And even though you're super accomplished in in what you do, whatever your content area of expertise is, no one is prepared for the amount of work it takes to actually get your business off the ground.
0: Right. Yeah. And I don't care how positive minded you are. I don't care how abundance minded you are. There's a certain, you know, you can't sit around and go, oh, money in big bags, money in big bags. That's not the way this works, right? The the universe requires you to step forward and take some kind of action. And I know, you know, you said it well. These are smart people who are listening and watching this. And I'm going to bet that they, like me, I was a big fish in a small pond. Geographically, as well as in my industry. And I hate to admit this. I'm smart. I have multiple degrees. I really thought that my reputation to a degree was going to lead to business. Right. It was well known in my and I had a great reputation and and but it didn't. Not so this at, is at least not enough to feed me on a regular basis.
1: That's right. And so this is the number one myth. And this is what I hear all the time with uh, women who are just, who've just made the leap. They're just starting out. And they'll say, um, i got my LLC. I have a website. Um, I have a lead magnet. And then what they don't realize, it's like crickets. Where is everybody? Right. And there are some critical habits. And some of them you already have and you can take with you, like goal setting time management, um, you know, really uh, batching your tasks, blocking your time, having clear intentions and priorities every single day. Those skills carry with you and they're super important and you need help, right? No one does this alone. You need to either get a coach or take a course or enroll in some program. Right. that will teach you how to launch a business. So I was really fortunate, right? So I'd been launching businesses as an entrepreneur inside of my company for 20 years. Great. So I knew how to launch stuff. And that was a huge advantage. Yeah.
0: yeah, and those are really great points. And I think that sometimes we get so, I don't know what, burned out, done with it, over the whole corporate thing, and it's like one extreme or another. So I've, I've made these mistakes, I, I have worked with clients who've made these mistakes, and I continue to see them every day, that they, they, there's just this, I'm gonna throw out everything that has to do with my past existence. I am sick of being told what to do, I am sick of, of not having control over my schedule, I'm not doing it. I, I once spent a half day with a client, and I I asked her, I, I forget what it was, but it was a question about planning, and I asked her about managing her incredibly crazy busy calendar and managing her plans and her goals. She said, it's up here, I don't, I don't write anything down. Now, you know, there was, oh, that magic moment when my brain was fully planning, too. <laughs> But, you know, you could be snatched by aliens. And and generally, it helps to write stuff down. So to, to, is that your experience as well, that you've got people, there are people who just throw out everything and go, I'm not doing it?
1: Yeah. So there's a revenue goal, right? So I'm going to replace my corporate salary working for myself, right? So, um amen to anyone who is listening to this now and has said that to themselves, right? And the issue is you have to reverse engineer how you're gonna get there, right? Right. So that's where the annual goal, the quarterly goals, understanding what you're offering, how you're pricing it, how you're packaging it, what your uh, sales goals are, yeah. and then listing all the activities that back up into that. You know, you have to be seen and heard. How are people going to know about you? Are right. you a content producer? Are you writing? Are you speaking? Right. Are you doing webinars? Um, and then the priority setting, you know, I I guess I'm a, an analytical thinker, so I always start with the end in mind and then yeah reverse engineer everything else that needs to happen in order to hit whatever that number is and typically it's a fairly hefty six-figure number
0: yeah yeah it there it there absolutely is a, a, a even though you might say money doesn't motivate me and money's not what i'm doing this for and well The electric company, though, expects you to be motivated to pay their bill. So they don't want to hear about wishing and hoping and that you want to bring some big change in the world. They want you to pay them.
1: Right. And more money is more impact. Right. So it's so funny. And yeah, you can go to a yoga class in the middle of the afternoon or go work out at the gym or run an errand, get, get your groceries. Um, for those of you who are working moms, you have the flexibility to pick your kids up at school. I know for me, I was able to be class parent for 11th and 12th grade when things get really sticky in high school. And that was such a very fulfilling experience for me. But the rest of the time, I'm, I'm really, people say to me, Deb, you are so disciplined. You are so um, driven. Yeah. And it's because more money, more impact, right? So, or the other, the reverse is no money, no mission, right? So yeah. you only get to fulfill your dream when you're bringing the money. And the interesting thing about women is when women are successful and they make money, um, 90% of them just give back to other women. And uh, that's the sea change, I think, that we're seeing from women who are are leaving the corporate workforce and also younger women who are jumping right into entrepreneurship is that the the end goal is to really make an impact and give back and it's women who who are helping women that are going to rise help this whole ship rise
0: yeah yeah and you know i almost admire those young women who have the guts to go for it early on in their lives because they have less conditioning than those of us who have spent decades in the corporate or organizational systems because they've only been conditioned up until this point in their lives. Not that that isn't you know tremendous, the power of, of conditioning that we experience from our family, society, educational systems etc but there's I think a really interesting conditioning process that helps or that happens throughout our corporate existence and one of the big ones that I've you know I've noticed that I've after I've sat here and stroked my chin a while is again it's that big fish in a small pond especially for those of us who were directors, managers, department heads, you were automatically visible. You did not have to work at it. Right. There was either you or maybe you and a a couple of other people, but you were automatically the magnet for people who had a problem that you could solve. And, you know, we had this this saying in, in the casino hotel that I worked at, that we would spread positive gossip about people. So we all know gossip's negative, but so our version of positive gossip was when you would say great things about somebody. So you, know, you wanted, of course, to have a great reputation in your organization, and that would bring people to you. Suddenly, and it pains me to see this, I wrestled with it myself, suddenly you're out on your own, and it's, it's truly like building your reputation all over again
1: yeah it is and um you know it's it's important to pay attention to that it's important to pay attention to reputation building and again it's being seen and heard right and a lot of the women who are making the leap from leadership to entrepreneurship are kind of introverted in nature not everyone is right you know, out there on Insta taking a photo of everybody they've rubbed shoulders with and creating that whole brand identity. And I think those who are introverted struggle even more because this is such a big social media world. And unless you're doing Facebook Lives or now LinkedIn has Lives, you know, LinkedIn Lives and getting on conference agendas. How will people ever discover you? In the old days, you know, seven years ago, you could take out Facebook ads right. and build an entire following of people who discovered you on Facebook. And now that market is so crowded and it has gotten so expensive and so competitive right. that that's an avenue that's not available to everyone anymore. Right. So I think that's probably... Aside from figuring out what you're going to offer, who's going to buy it, who's the ideal client, how do you package it, how do you price it, um, getting out there and being seen and heard. And by the way, if you haven't done all those other things, like who's my ideal client, what am I offering, how am I packaging it, how am I pricing it, um, you have no business marketing it because all of that effort will just fall on deaf ears. And then there's a negative consequence of you lose confidence, um, you lose courage, and then you feel like a failure. So, you know, me, I think we talked about this before. My big uh, bailiwick is that you do your research, you know, you do some market research up front. You have to have a problem that you solve that people are willing to pay for in order to have a business. And so... Uh, That, I think, is the one thing that people skip over the most, is not understanding who's my audience, what am I selling, and then the second mistake they make is, and I had a conversation with a woman just last week who is so super intelligent, making such a big impact with the people she coaches, and she was charging $500 for a course, for an entire course, And the thing with pricing is it it just kicks up all your stuff, right? So I have to assign a value to my expertise. Now in the corporate world, you were assigning a value to the corporation, to that brand and and the value that that brand provided. And now you're the brand. So I think psychologically too, just stepping into all of that is a big challenge for some and many actually.
0: I agree with you wholeheartedly. There are so many layers to that. First is the whole assigning value, right? So you come face to face with your own crap. And I don't know that anything brings out crap the way money and your money store, you don't even know you have a money story. And suddenly you've got money issues and oh my gosh, I've got a money story. And then there's this, the whole pricing thing and the, the value and then the, well, I'm not worthy because suddenly you forget all of your amazing achievements in corporate life. Well, they don't, and this is what I've been told, they don't mean anything. Yes, they do. I have a friend who has a great way of describing it. He calls it your corporate pedigree. And I think I love that because yes, you you are worth what you're going to charge because you did that. That's what gives you that, that right to charge X exactly money and the impact. But so what, what do you recommend with people who have these money issues around pricing and, and charging and, and, and that stuff?
1: Yeah, well, it's all about value, right? And value, the two-sided equation. Number one is how I value myself and how much I deserve. So everyone has a story, like you called it, a money story. And it actually can transcend other areas of your life as well. But what's the story about how good I am? Because it all comes down to, am I good enough? So it's deeply psychological, so that's why, you know, when when I work with people, we always deal with the psychological piece of it, you know, the mindset piece, how do you master your inner game, right, right. because you can't just slap an affirmation on that, just like you were saying in the beginning, uh, that just doesn't work, you have to rewrite that story, and um, I think I think you're right, I think some of the younger people don't have that baggage, but I think Those of us who grew up in the corporate world, the corporate world took the place of mommy and daddy. It was the mothership, right? And we were safe. We weren't taking risks. And as soon as you jump off that ship, you jump into risky waters. And, uh, you know, that is both a psychological journey as well as an analytical journey And a a very practical journey of how am I going to map this out and make this work? And everyone's got different goals. You know, some might want to, you know, launch that million dollar business. Others want to just keep themselves engaged and do something that interests them for the next 10 years because they're not ready to retire.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that one important point that you just mentioned is this whole idea of mommy and daddy. Uh, You know, you hate to admit it, but corporate life is incredibly familial. There are the, I don't care whether you work for a man or a woman, there's that parent figure of the manager. The siblings are the coworkers that you work with. And there's this enormous dynamic. You know, I worked in human resources for a long time. And one of the things that secretly used to make me crazy was people who talked about how, you know, but I thought we were family. No, we're not family. I don't know about you. I came from a dysfunctional family. I came from, and most people I think do to a degree. I came from a family that there's a subtext. You don't talk about it. We don't talk about this problem. That's Uncle Joe and we just let him do whatever he wants because he's wacky and we're just not gonna confront him (laughs) over it. Right. I mean, that's that's what family life was to me and corporate life, I think, I think some of us are searching for what we didn't have and don't have. Yes, it's wonderful to work with nice people and it's great that work is enjoyable because you spend so much time there, but I really think it is a mistake to look for a family in the workplace.
1: I I agree. And I think you always have to prepare for the eventuality that that is going to go away. And whether you're ready for it or not, whether you come to it yourself through burnout or uh, you get aged out or, you know, I have a bunch of clients who, you know, we've just done away with your function. You know, here's your severance. See you later. Uh, or someone new gets promoted into the most senior role. And for some reason, you know, you're not their cup of tea. So you can never predict how long that will last. They aren't your family because you're not married to them forever. And um, having a plan B, you know, whether that's a a plan B of what I would do uh, if I lost this job and how would I look for another, and what would I do if I were to create something on my own, because, and, and it doesn't matter whether you're looking for another job or you're starting your own business, the mistake we make is we feel like we have to fit into a box that's already created, that's already defined, and instead of uh, creating your own box, you know, going out there and see where is there a problem to solve, and where do I have skills to apply to solve that problem, and by the way, could I make money doing it? Those are all good questions to ask before you even take the leap. There's something else that I was uh, just thinking of, too, um, speaking of uh, inside the box or outside the box. But I lost it. It'll come back.
0: That's okay. (laughs) Whenever it comes back, just just shout out. Uh, Let's talk about this issue that you mentioned that, oh, my gosh, I so agree with you on, is this issue that you have to identify a problem that you solve. And people have to be willing to pay to have it fixed you know when uh, I know this happened to me I know many people that I know that has it's happened to them where you start telling people you know I'm thinking about going out on my own here's what I'm thinking about doing people are like yeah that's a great idea absolutely and then when you ask them for money right when it comes time when okay I'm selling this they'll, you know it's like you Right. Number or something. So there is a difference, I think, between the reality of people now have to pay me for this and identifying it in the language of this is a problem that I can help you solve and this is why you must solve this problem. One and how right. I
1: can do it differently than everybody else. So that's the other thing. So when people leave the corporate workforce, it's frequently as a coach consultant or trainer, right. and maybe you wrote a book and you're looking to get speaking gigs. <laughs> and uh, as I say to my clients and prospects, you know, how are you going to differentiate yourself from every other coach, consultant, and trainer out there? Because the coaching industry is exploding. It's like a $1.2 billion industry right now. No signs of, of slowing down. You know, there are leadership coaches, sales coaches, life coaches, health coaches, and everyone is jumping on this coaching train, which is great because people, obviously people need a lot of support and it's great that people are asking for support. Companies need support. It's a lot of things that corporations are dealing with, but how you differentiate yourself is super important. So I have a little story if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. My client, Sharon, uh, she and I had worked together a few years ago as I was life coaching her through some personal challenges. And then uh, she was a CPA, a tax accountant, and she said, I've just left my job and I'm going to start my own business. I said, great. What are you going to do? She says, I'm going to be a tax accountant for small businesses. And I was in New York City that day walking down the street and I saw a truck across from the library that said free tax advice. And I took a picture and sent it to her and I said, I think you need a differentiated strategy. And what she discovered, the problem that she solved was that there was this growing interest in trading cryptocurrency and no one, understood how to report that the government was still trying to get their hands around how to report on cryptocurrency trades. She became a de facto expert, launched a course, became a private consultant, a speaker, and now she has a regular column in Bloomberg tax and she is like the de facto cryptocurrency taxation expert in the country. So creating a differentiating strategy so that you can stand out from all the other voices that yeah. are out there saying, oh, I can help you uh, have more effective managers or you know, have yeah. more confidence.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that what that also speaks to is that I refer to it as a slice of a slice. It's that you've got to have a narrow, focused focus, In order to really differentiate yourself, and that sounds counterintuitive—like I want more clients, not fewer. But the point is, you know, if you have, if you need brain surgery, who are you going to go see? A brain surgeon. (laughs) Brain surgeon. That's the. Oh, that's well. I need a brain surgeon, and and you don't think who's average? You know, because I I don't want to spend a lot of money. So who's really an average? you want the best brain surgeon possible. Everybody wants to work with somebody who's an expert. They might start out thinking if they're into personal development, okay, Tony Robbins, he's at the top of the heap. I can't get Tony Robbins. So who else is out here who's really outstanding and who can truly solve my exact problem? I'll give you a great example. So I moved about, I don't even know, six years ago, and... Obviously, when you move, and you move far enough away, you now need all new service providers, right? Right. Of course, I needed a new gynecologist, and I had been, I was married emotionally to my gynecologist. He was my surgeon. He saw me throw just some really terrible points in my health, and what the heck am I going to do? I got to have somebody. So, he gave me some, some tips on, here's what you look for. And I found a person who specializes in midlife women Sorry, if you're in the baby making stage, I'm not don't care So I want somebody who specializes in my Problem and in the problems. I'm gonna have as I age and she's it She's a total unicorn and that's what I think we need to think of ourselves as What's this little? space I occupy that I can be the magnet.
1: Yes, and, and narrower is better. And uh, solving a specific problem, you know, that, that no one else is, is solving, getting really specific. You can't get too narrow, so, you know, it is a dance when you're doing your research, you know, yeah. how narrow do I need to get? Right. Um, because too narrow is the same thing as too wide. Uh, the other thing, and and what I was gonna say before is for those who hide behind additional credentials. So sometimes this needing to differentiate is, oh, I need another certification. I need another degree. And I just want to make it super clear for all your listeners is that that's I'm not good enough. You know, the truth is you know enough. You're good enough. Um, there are people out there who need you the longer you, you keep chasing credentials. It's a false sense of accomplishment.
0: It is. It is. I used to be a recruiter and other than professions that truly require that, in my opinion, that was a lazy screening tool. A lazy, lazy screening tool. How many, how many doctors for that matter? Do we know who suck? Right, I know a few. Mm-hmm. How many teachers do we know who are licensed professionals who are awful, right? There are licensed people who are poor in their profession but they got the license. So yeah, that's just, you think it helps the buyer, it helps a lazy buyer. And, and so to a degree, there's that benefit. However, you already have tremendous credentials that that's what that person is interested in it all in my opinion it really does get back to this what problem do you solve does that person have the painful burning itchy and scratching that you solve and if you don't solve that it doesn't mean you need to learn whatever it is they've got
1: right that it's actually a a self-sabotage pattern yeah i know i
0: used to do it yeah yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah. Totally. absolutely And so, you know, being aware of your patterns, you know, there's, there's two, there's two layers here, right? So first of all, you need to be aware of your, your mental psychological patterns, how you're likely to trip yourself up so that when, when that stuff happens, you can course correct. And secondly, you need to have a plan. You need to have a path for, for this is a great idea. How do I test it? And when I test it, then I'll understand the value proposition. I always say to my clients, you know, when you can speak what someone else is thinking,
0: exactly. you've got it made. Right. right. Yeah. And copywriting, we call it entering the conversation the buyer is having in their head. And, right. and that, again, again, is, I think, a great selling point for you have to focus because you can't learn the... God bless the people who speak multiple languages, right? That's how many years did it take them and what kind of natural affinity do they have for learning languages? That's not you. So the, it gives you permission to focus, to become an expert in one language, and then you can use examples that people go, you really get me. I want to work with somebody who gets me exactly you know I'll get have you been
1: reading my diary or are you inside my head right you know so when you do that and and just you know for people who are struggling I just want to give you permission to take a deep breath it's not you you know maybe you just didn't get the instruction you didn't get the manual (laughs) and you didn't know the right steps to go through and the most important thing is that you have the funds to actually do the research, you know, spend a couple of months having conversations with people, asking the right questions, analyzing the patterns, um, having the the value discussion. How big a a problem is this for you? Is this a $50 problem or is this a $5 problem? And, uh, you know, where is there evidence that people are investing in solutions like this and then creating a concept that you can go out there and, and test and go through a testing phase. You right. know, you can get to it the other way, but most people burn out. Um, the con- Your confidence takes a huge hit and you run out of money. And you don't want to burn yourself out and have to go back and get a job a year, two, three years from now because you just right. didn't take those three months up front to figure it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that speaks to patience, knowing that you or forming the questions finding the questions that you're going to ask these folks and then being comfortable with that testing process which is probably the one thing I used to be a brand strategist and copywriter one thing that universally clients hated Nobody wanted to hear, you really need to test this, that then we'll, we'll adjust it, but you need to test this. So are there any any strategies that you like to see folks who are in these these expertise-based professions, coaches, consultants, author, speakers, any, any testing type or style that you can think of that you, you really like to see people use? Yeah,
1: what I like to, to have people do is really jump into conversations. And, you know, the introverts sometimes have trouble with this. You know, I don't like talking to strangers. Well, you know, if you don't like talking to strangers, how, how are you going to sell anything? <laughs> right? right. Yeah. So you have to get comfortable talking to strangers, having that conversation, asking the right questions, you know, what have you already tried? What's worked? What hasn't? What do you wish you had? Um, and being able to craft concepts around that is just super, super important. And um, you know, even if it takes, uh, and it takes time, right? So it takes time, it takes a couple of weeks, it takes um, having some analytical skills applied to the problem that you solve as opposed to just jumping right in, which sounds fun. I. I call it sharpening your pencils, right? So, oh, I've got a copywriter, I've got a photographer, and I've got a website, and I've got my LLC, and I have my consultant, and I've got my logo. Well, that's great, but you don't have a business yet. Right. You can right. have a business and not have any of that Yeah. locked up. And in fact, you shouldn't do all of that just gonna until say that. Yep. you've figured out what problem you solve. Because yep. as you know, right, as a copywriter, your words need to reflect and attract
0: uh, reflect your value proposition and attract your ideal clients. So, right. And if you're going to work with a designer, a graphic designer, who's going to do your logo or you're going to work with a web designer who's going to create a website and they don't ask you what problem do you solve, you better run so stinking fast away from them because I don't care if they're charging you $5 or $5,000, it's too much, because whatever they create for you is not going to do the job. You are just wasting money. Start a blog on Medium, do something. But it's, it's the getting the message out that is so important as you figure that, because you're figuring that out too, right? You're, that's the whole point of what you're saying is helping you figure out the message. And, and while these things make you feel like this is fun, getting business cards and designs and all that stuff. If, as you said, if it doesn't reflect what you're doing and yeah. resonate with your audience, you are wasting time and money. It's false progress. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I, I have never seen anyone succeed without help. So when I made the leap and this was seven years ago, The first thing I did was contact someone I had worked with, with the interactive agency business uh, several years before, and she had already made the leap, and I knew she understood all the technology, because that's the other piece we haven't talked about, is the whole, (laughs) you have to be IT too, the whole technical infrastructure that you really need to support your business processes so that you can be effective and get leverage in your business. You know, you cannot trade time for dollars forever, you need some leverage, you need lead systems. We're bringing people in, uh, filtering them for who you're going to spend your time with, how you're going to have a conversation. That's if you're working with the general public. Um, You might need someone to assist you with sales if you're you're going after corporations or companies as your ideal clients. And uh, there are formulas for how do you speak from the stage to make an offer for people to work with you. So you know, if you're not selling, you're not serving. And every conversation is a sales conversation. So being comfortable and because you're not only content but your sales and your marketing and all of that, while you can hire a copywriter, you can hire an ad manager, um, you can even hire people to sell for you but you're not really gonna do that when you're first starting out. So learning how to uh, speak and make an offer is Super important. So I enrolled in a program. It was a year-long program. I invested $10,000 for that education right out of the gate Yeah, and that's something else that um, I also would love for listeners to get a hold of is that you're gonna have to invest in yourself To get the skills you need to be successful as a business owner to be an entrepreneur and you need a community because no one does this alone and a lot of these programs, accelerators, have masterminds in them where, where there are people exactly where you are, and uh, you can help them, you know, they help you, you help them, you critique each other's work, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing, and you're held accountable.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think if, if I read one more uh, uh, article that you can start your business for nothing, come on are you insane really stop it come on now think about this it took you how many years to become knowledgeable enough to even start having this idea that you could do this for other people and how much money did you already invest in your education training what it courses books alone I got a million dollars in books so to think that you're then going to start a million-dollar business and not make an investment, that's just devoid of logic to me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are those unicorns that had $5,000 and you know, started, started her business and it just skyrocketed and took off. But right. for most normal people, you right. need to have at least six months of salary or a means of supporting yourself in the bank or someone who's supporting you while you do this launch. Right. And uh, I would say, in my opinion, uh, to get the technology infrastructure, the branding, the education and training that you need, probably
0: invest around anywhere from 30 to $50,000 in yeah, I'm your so launch. To you say that. Yeah, I'm so glad to hear you say that. Uh, and, and I made a note, uh, you said s- s- about spending money for the right skills, right? Again, we, we waste thousands, tens of thousands of dollars on the accoutrements that say, I'm in business, but they're not the things that are really going to get you clients, and uh, two more things I want to talk about one is this this the leads right the the steady flow of leads that come in, that mechanism needs to be considered and while you initially are thinking, "I don't like talk to talk to strangers, who so does I don't want to talk to strangers either." but you're right I mean okay now I'm limited with who I'm allowing myself to speak to this is what to me speaks to then then find some way to make people not strangers as fast as you possibly can it really comes down to relationships because I don't know about you nobody comes to my house and goes hey I hear there's a smarty in there so you're not really (laughs) Strangers, right? You're talking to people who you've already developed some level of relationship with. Otherwise, you come across as a nut job. I mean, you're not you're not talking to complete total strangers, right? Who've demonstrated some level of interest. But here's really where I was going with this. That person has baggage, too. Right. You're uncomfortable in the conversation. They've been screwed. We've all been burnt by somebody. Oh, so glad you said that. Yes. So they're bringing their own emotional issues of, am I worthy of the opportunity this person is offering me? And do I trust them? And then do I trust them? And what proof do I have that they can do what they say they can do? this to me, you know, the, the late, great Peter Drucker said that marketing's job is to make selling superfluous. And that to me is really, that's why you're doing all this is to help people come to you pre-sold, right? They're they're almost positive they're going to say yes to you. Absolutely.
1: And uh, so, you know, I like to label things and alliterate. And so I call it, you know, connect, cultivate, and convert people into becoming, you know, your ideal prospects into ideal clients. And it was interesting. I did uh, drink the Tony Robbins Kool-Aid a few years ago and went to one of his uh, sessions in a stadium with 14,000 people. Um, But one of the nuggets I did take away with me was that it used to be that you only needed to connect with a prospect four times to convert them into a client. And now that's like 16. Yes. And so you have to have different ways to connect with your audience. And that's why, you know, if you've heard of uh, a lead funnel or a lead magnet, you know, having something that's of value to them, that's worth the exchange. These are are micro conversions, little micro conversions. You know, someone gives you their email address. That's a micro conversion. Someone opens an email. That's a micro conversion. Someone attends your webinar. That's a micro conversion. Uh, you know, read your blog or watches your Facebook live. And that's why, you know, making this leap, you have to be willing to step outside of your comfort zone and do things that might feel uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that issue comes screaming at you when you realize I'm not willing to do that. I am grossly uncomfortable doing this. I, you know, I know people who are some of the smartest folks I've ever met, who truly, I've seen, command uh, a meeting room, who then cannot. Get their message out because of the story again back to that story, the story in your head that they tell themselves that no one wants to hear me nobody cares I keep saying the same thing over and over again nobody's paying attention and there's just this and I can totally respect this I'm just gonna give up yes go get a job it's easier and and I think it's pick your poison because you're still doing this. It's just are you willing to come out of that comfort zone or not? And it's okay to say I'm not. It really is. Yeah,
1: it's totally okay. And having that clarity that entrepreneurship might not be for me. Right. And I just do better with structure and a regular paycheck, then go for it. There's no shame in, in having a job. And you know, it's it's they're they're fairly easy to get. So, um, The only other thing that I was going to add is, oh, so if you do look for someone, if you do look for a business coach, make sure that uh, ask them that question. You know what happens if I get stuck? What happens if I get in my own way? What happens if I get scared or feel uncomfortable? How do you handle that situation with me? Because sometimes I could have a coaching session on my calendar and I think we're going over market research results and instead we're having a mindset conversation because there's something else going on. Oh yeah. 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 And, you know, hire people, you know, hire people like you who help with the content, who help with the branding. Um, You always want to go to an expert and someone who you trust. And likely that person you trust has a network of people they trust. And so, you know, keep it in the family. Try not to just go after the bright, shiny object. I mean, if you're on Facebook, you're on Insta, you know, you're getting bombarded with offers every single day with very slick marketing and people who are asking you for thousands of dollars based on their ad or their webinar and you get in there and you realize you never get to talk to a human being.
0: I am gonna kiss you on the lips right now. and, you know, this is just, I, I think everybody should be self-employed for a limited period of time because of the major awareness you develop about yourself. So this is so, it's ridiculous, but I'm going to confess it. So I have been teaching professionally since the mid-80s. Yes, I'm a dinosaur. Uh, I, I used to teach typing on typewriters. What does that tell you? Um, I taught for the first time in high school when a fellow band member wanted to learn the instrument that i played and i sucked at teaching it was only through age and wisdom that i learned to be be kind and understand how people learn and that not everybody was the same as me so anyway after you spend so many you know i really believe that teaching is who i am right um i, yeah. I used to introduce myself in in the why I bothered, I don't know, everybody knew me, in the corporations that I worked for that, that, you know, I was technically a trainer or the training manager. I'm a learning facilitator. You know, I, I ain't teaching you nothing. I'm sharing with you some concepts. You have to go apply them. That's the learning part. I completely missed this. So then, like, exactly what you're saying, you get sucked in by these gurus And it only seems like everybody's doing better than you because that's the way the algorithm works, right? To show you all this stuff, really everybody's doing the same boat you are. So you get get sucked into these guru experiences and exactly like you're saying, what learning can happen in 14,000 people? Okay, you had some uh aha, some insight, that's fabulous. But real learning then happened when you came home And attempted to apply that. So when you buy into these programs, and I know people have spent tens of thousands of dollars, and as you say, never spoke to the guru, that's who they bought in for. Right. And then the experiences are not set up for real learning to happen. Right, right. I think that's an important issue. How do you learn best, and is that what you're going to get? I'm going to bet it's not. Right,
1: so uh, there's that. You know how how is it that you learn best? And then there's also learning the right skills in the right order. So if you're just starting out, and we've been talking about you know narrow casting and who's an ideal client and what's your niche, and you decide that you're going to go into this uh, program about how to build a lead funnel, and which is really a lot of work. It's expensive. It'll take you hours and hours to do. There's technology behind it that you need to invest in. And so I've had cases where I've been in those programs and I've seen some of my peers go through the whole process of writing Dozens of emails that get automated in the system recording videos and all of this only to find out that no one wanted to buy What they were selling. Oh my gosh, I know isn't that awful. It is. It's awful. It breaks my heart That's why I created you know, the launch lab was to, to solve that problem, right? Why I'm here.
0: Yeah Yeah, that is so and what is more demoralizing than that? I once created Here's a true confession. I once created this in my humble opinion This great opt-in, I never got anybody to opt-in for it, never, not one time. I would get people who I would speak and people would say, hey, put me on your email list, and they would end up getting it, but they didn't opt-in for that. So yeah, you've invested, this is why I tell people, stop worrying about this. Figure your message out first. Get let's get down to the problem that you solve and how you solve it. And does anybody want it? Yes. Then you because then you'll know enough to figure out an opt-in. Ay, ay, I, I I agree with you so uh. wholeheartedly. But again, it's it's the fun stuff. And it's the stuff that keeps us away from looking inside. And recognizing that we've got a story that, that for some of us, we've got emotional scars that get in our way. Yeah.
1: And it's that false progress, sharpening the pencils, thinking I'm doing something that's moving me in the right direction.
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 There's a, a great cartoon. I wish I had it. Great cartoon from the Sunday comics. Uh, of some, you know, some little strip and an animal is, okay, I'm going to write my book today. And the first frame—that's his first, first frame. Second frame, I need to sharp sharpen 144 pencils, and he sharpens pencils. And then it's I need, I need water. And by the by, the last frame, somebody calls him and says, "Hey, do you want to go to lunch?" And he blows up. Oh, I'm trying to write my book. You know <laughs> that stuff that makes you feel like you're doing it, and you're not doing it.
1: And that's resistance, and it's a sphere you know, so let's just call it out for what it is. Right, right. And once you learn to call fear out for what it is, right, because it's sticky, it's slippery, you think you've conquered it, and then it shows up somewhere else in a different way. And it is the number one thing. And you know, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to suffer from this. It can happen if you're in the corporate world and you're not going for that promotion or you're keeping yourself stuck or small or feeding yourself a bunch of garbage in your head of what's true or what's not. I mean, when I do talks, I have this picture of a hoarder's house and I said, that's your mind. You know, your mind is like a hoarder's house. There's so much crap up there that there's no room for insight or inspiration. And, you know, when fear is driving your bus, you don't get into a very good place because those thoughts are what's creating what you do and what you do creates your results. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, uh, you know, I came to the conclusion, fear is just a memory.
1: That's interesting.
0: You're either remembering something bad that is similar to what you're about to do and you're having that primal reaction of the memory coming up or you're anticipating something to happen, but it's typically connected with some uncertainty or some injury, some emotional hurt, something from the past. So when you can recognize, all right, what am I actually afraid of being rejected? When have I been rejected before? Uh, about 115,000 times. Uh, and none of it killed me, and I didn't like those people anyway. And you know so, I'm just afraid that that's going to, and I, and that comes down to, it's just a feeling.
1: It's just a feeling. And, you know, it, the answer is connecting to the truth of the situation that you're really in right. and stop feeding yourself, you know, these fearful stories that aren't even true. Yeah. And, you know, that means that you're taking action based on stories that aren't even true. And so that's where, you know, I used to have a boss from Australia who said, you know, don't get your knickers in a twist. But that's, you know, that's what we do. We get our our knickers in a twist over something that isn't even happening, you know, and, and never, ever get your head into what you think someone else is thinking or anticipating what someone else will do because you're putting yourself in a prison that's not even true. So, you know, I like the stories from IA, you know, keep your side of the street clean. Just just keep to what's true for you in this moment. Right. Um, and that's why being skilled and having good practices and, you know, how to master this matter up here is 80% of your success. It's
0: the biggest, I was just gonna say, it's the biggest part of the job.
1: Biggest part of the job, absolutely, 100%. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. And, and I do think though, it's important to remember that, especially if you're selling to individuals, right? Often we're selling to other solo professionals in many cases, right? Those of us who have mm-hmm. the service that we provide, coaching, consulting, in, in my case, messaging, et cetera. Um, remembering that person has, that's why I, I call it client focused marketing, because you have to remember what that other person is experiencing and and in that mem- that remembering what that other person is experiencing you can then craft a message that helps them say yes helps them make a decision i would rather have somebody self select out of the process and disconnect from me entirely and never follow me again than to work with somebody who is a completely wrong fit
1: yeah it's torturous when that happens.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, it's painful. I I fired several clients early on because I didn't know enough about myself, yeah. and who I wanted to work with. Yeah, and that's unpleasant. Yeah, very. And
1: uh, you know, because every buying decision is an emotional decision, even if you're selling to corporations. You know, I remember in my past job, um, you know, I'd be doing the market research, testing a concept, and Asking people, you know, why is this important to you? You know, what's important to you about this solution? Because it's not just about the company. They have a stake in the game. That's right. And you have to have that conversation to know what the emotional hook is. Yeah, yeah. For this person. Once you get clear on that, and it's not manipulation. You know, you're not doing it to manipulate them because people need to be brought to a buying decision. They need to see the path forward. They need to see the pain of, of, you know, no no one buys anything unless there's pain, you know, unless they can see the pain of continuing to stay in the place that they are, then they frequently don't make a decision to change.
0: Yeah, now that's interesting. I had somebody tell me, no, my clients aren't motivated by that. They're not driven by pain. They don't have pain. I'm like I got news for you. So I I work with high achievers. I said the pain is they know they could be be better. That's their pain. They they are are this constantly driven person, always wanting to get to the next level of of whatever success or better is for them. That's why they work with somebody so that they can get, the pain is they know they can't get there by themselves, they know they want to get to that next level of performance, no matter what that next level is, you know, you go to the gym, when you see people working with a trainer, you see the people who are new, God bless them, that they have enough sense to hire somebody at the beginning and work with a trainer, right, then you see people who look like they should be the trainer, who are, are, you're thinking, what in the heck do you need a trainer for? And it's because they know the value of being pushed. They know the value yeah. of the expertise that that trainer brings, new combinations, new whatevers. This person is studying all the time and I don't have to. So yeah, it's, this is why there is such a, a power in working with someone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So I could go on for hours, obviously, days even, so people will be happy to hear we won't. Tell us a little bit more about the the work that you do, who you work with, and and where can folks go to learn more? Deb, you mentioned the Launch Lab.
1: Mm, Sure. So I work with Women, typically they are high achievers, uh, smart, successful, accomplished, who for whatever reason have decided it's time. It's time to make the leap and do something I'm passionate about or make an impact on the world or have unlimited income potential, more freedom, and, uh, but they don't know how uh, and they're more than a little bit scared in what might happen on the other end and they're looking for help. So, uh, what I did was I took my, like you said, you know, we weren't born yesterday, Uh, this isn't something that I discovered overnight or I took a course and now I'm reselling you the same content, you know, this is something that I've done for, for about 25 years and applying that same process of understanding what problem you solve, what people you serve, how to package and price your services, how to create money-making model, what are the basic messages, you know, I don't do copywriting, I introduce you to other people who can do that, but you have the basic mindset of who your ideal client is. And then uh, we package that all up, so I started the Launch Lab for Women Entrepreneurs, and I realized when I was, it's a 12-week virtual accelerator for women who are making the leap or who have already leapt and they're they're struggling with getting traction, and you know it could be a launch, it could be a relaunch. Um, and there's some course material in there because I realized I was training the same thing over and over again with every individual. And I said it's easier for you to watch the 15 minute video, download the handout, and then when we're working one on one, then uh, we can actually work on your business. And that's where the acceleration happens. Is you know an hour together brings them from here to there. Um, and so it's very gratifying, very fulfilling. And uh, so it's, yeah, the Launch Lab for Women Entrepreneurs. It's, exactly. uh, yeah.
0: That's so great. So where can folks go? Is it thelaunchlab.com? What's, what's the best URL to send people to?
1: Uh, best URL is launchlabaccelerator.com.
0: Okay, great. Right. And of course, we'll have that in the show notes, along with all the other ways that you can connect with Deb. She's everywhere. Fine people want to be online. (laughs) So you can get get connected to her on social media as well. Deb, such a pleasure talking with you. This has been great information. And I'm so happy we were able to connect.
1: It was great, Winnie. It was like a Vulcan mind melt. (laughs) Great to spend this time with you.
0: All right. I hope you enjoyed that. Deb was great to chat with. It was like a big love fest. If you like this episode, please share it with your connections. Please leave a great review on the platform where you consumed it. You can become a fan of the show and access back episodes and resources by going to couragepodcastfan.com and signing up for the vault. It's free, of course. In addition to the episodes, you'll get information, tips, and resources to help you sell your services even though you hate to sell get your message out in a more powerful way and achieve your business goals all right so your cocktail exercise otherwise known as a reflection exercise no alcohol needs to be involved don't overindulge don't drink and drive all right your reflection exercise is really to think about how you spend your time are you working on things like getting clarity on your message identifying the problem you solve and understanding the aspirations and blocks of your ideal clients Or are you focusing on the busy work that makes you feel good but doesn't move you forward? That's the stuff that Deb refers to as sharpening the pencils. No matter where you are in business, it's easy to get caught up in things that really don't move you towards that next big leap that you keep dream of making. And your action step. I'm going to give you two, one for those of you who are still thinking about launching and then those of you who are in business but not where you want to be, although you might be able to benefit from both of these. So for those of you who haven't launched, I want you to identify the change that you want to bring about in the world through your work and then identify the work that you're going to do to actually bring about that change. Yes, I know it's coaching or consulting or training, But get specific about exactly how you're going to bring about that impact that you want to make. Can you phrase what you plan to do in terms of when someone works with you, they'll go from X to Y, right? What are the phrases that describe that X, where they are, and the Y, where they want to be? Because if you can just quickly say, I help, whoever it is you help, go from X to Y why that's going to help people see the transformation that you're able to help them get so you really have to work on not just the transformation that you help them create but also that message that's going to help them understand it and if you're already launched but you aren't as successful as you wanted to be by now ask people how they would describe what you do to other people this is a great thing to just send messages to people on Facebook or email people. First of all, if they don't get back to you, maybe they can't describe it. And if they do tell you what they would say, but they don't they don't describe it in a way that's how you would describe it, maybe it's off base from what you want them to say, now you know you got a problem and it's either with your positioning, you're not clearly owning one spot in their mind, Or you have a problem with your messaging, they're not getting what it is you're trying to say, or it might be both. If you like this episode, please be sure to share it. And if you're on Facebook, be sure to find me and like my business page so you get notified when I go live because each week I share the after show where I take one concept or idea that was discussed in this week's episode and I do a deeper dive into that area. And remember, you can become a fan of the show and get access to the vault, the back catalog of episodes in both audio and video format, and you'll also get bonus materials like worksheets for some of the episodes. You can find that at CouragePodcastFan.com. And as I said, in addition to the episodes, you're going to get information, tips, and resources to help you come out of hiding, get your message out in a more powerful way, and achieve your business goals so you can profit from your expertise. Thanks for listening, and remember, you deserve all the success you dream of.